Welcome back to Applied Anime. I'm Dodo Ballet. And I'm Fayon. Join us as we jump in the deep end and dissect our favorite shows. As always, we want to hear from you. You can find our podcast hosted on listen.appliedanime.com. You can find us on our website at appliedanime.com. You can join our Discord from the homepage of that website. Or follow us on Twitter at twitter.appliedanime.com. In this week's episode, we spoil Haikyuu, Iwakakaru Sports Climbing Girls, and Food Wars. So, Feyan, what are we discussing today? Today's topic is competition. this topic we're not just gonna focus on like sports competition because there's multiple different types of competition anime in my opinion mm-hmm. so you have like your obviously you have your sports shows you have the popular show which is food wars which is more of like a skill-based matchmaking and then you also have like just like games like such as chihaya furu or saki mm-hmm. and kind of like we said in our episode about um working we're gonna try to stay away from like the more like fantasy side of things in this episode. So we probably won't be talking about like, for example, like No Game, No Life, which is a show that is centered around games and competition, but it's within the context of this like fantasy world. There's also not really true competition in that. Like when I'm thinking of a competitive anime, I think of one where like the characters could win or could actually win or lose. Like No Mm -hmm. Game, No Life, and like Sword Art Online don't give a chance for the characters to lose. They have to kind of be the the strong, powerful characters that they are, in my right. opinion. And the I think there's also like a particular, I won't say formula, but but the way that the narrative arcs are driven is particular to competition shows in a way that you can think of it as its own genre that a show definitely like Sword Art Online would not fit into an arc like that. What exactly do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that in a competition show, like the anticipation of like the next match or the the next upcoming challenge directly related to participating in that competition is what generally drives the story along. Now, sometimes there will be other outside elements that come in and affect how that competition plays out, or sometimes the, the characters do end up having to do other things, but 95% of the time, what's driving the show forward is like, we've got our next competition coming up. We need to prepare for it, or it's actually seeing that competition play out itself in the episode. Hmm. Although you've seen more of these shows than I have. So maybe that definition is too narrow. I think that it's a fine definition. I mean, 
that kind of does depict the difference between I think a show like Sword Art or something like not Sword Art, but like No Game No Life, where like even if it is about the next competition, I don't know. No Game No Life is also kind of about competition though too, in a different sense. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, there's not that feel and like drive that the characters have to better themselves which is a big thing i feel like in a lot of competitive shows where you get to watch the characters become better over time another big thing too is that like each individual on the team or on um whoever you're kind of watching everyone kind of has their own special skill and so like if everyone doesn't have Mm -hmm. like a special skill per for the game or whatever i think that it's less of a competitive show because you know like in in free it's very obvious right each each of the characters in Free, although they're on a team and they do relays, they all have their own different stroke. Mm-hmm. But on in a show like Sword Art Online, like, yes, Kirito's a beater, or like, I don't even know if that's a good example. Like, no game, no life, right? Blank is together really intelligent, but it's not like Shiro or Sora have, like, specific elements that make them better in a way. I mean... They both are just really smart and able to outsmart their opponents using their brains. Right. And it's even if there is specialization in these other shows, which I think there often is, I think that's just kind of part of the appeal of anime in general is that specialization that they're able to amplify to an extreme because they're animated characters. But even when you see that in another show, I think shows, I think you're right in identifying that like the growth aspect is really essential to these competition shows. Mm-hmm. it's usually a, a protagonist who is really kind of rough around the edges but really driven maybe and maybe they have some sort of innate talent that they have yet to fully learn mm-hmm. how to handle and again that's not just exclusive to competition shows i mean you look at any like superhero mm-hmm. movie or anime or anything it's the same sort of deal but the fact that that it's it's a applying that protagonist to like a long journey over time that is marked by failure Mm -hmm. frequently and by like learning from people who know more than them and like learning teamwork Mm -hmm. basically the one show we watched in particular for this which dodo and i both hadn't seen is haikyuu which oh my god i was surprised at how good this show was because i'd been putting it off for years honestly Mm -hmm. but i actually really enjoyed it i think that as a competition show it just it does a really good job of hitting all like the common elements of a good competition show. Like we just said, it has a really, if you haven't seen Haikyuu, it's about a boy named Hinata who's really into volleyball because on TV once he saw this short guy who's all, the main guy character is also short, um, known as like the little giant. The little giant. Yep. He watches him play and he's like, oh my God, I love volleyball. And so through all of junior high, it kind of starts with him getting good at spiking but then as he joins his high school club he realizes that there's a lot more and has to actually learn the basics of volleyball Mm -hmm. i think that show actually like one thing that shows have to do too is kind of explain the game to the viewer because you never really know how much someone understands of the game itself so it's always Mm -hmm. interesting to see how they kind of spread that information too but Essentially, along the way, like it's pretty much just following him and his new teammates as they compete and want to be- go to like the national tournament in Japan. Like that's the basics of Haikyuu. But I thought that the show itself did a really good job with, as a lot of shows do, um, bringing in the elements of like not only following Hinata and his journey of 
understanding volleyball, but like really bringing in your interest of the other characters on the team. Um, but also like showing the rivals too and showing like everybody is driven. Everybody wants to play on the court, mm-hmm. but because of how volleyball is played or like if you're on any sports team where you have more than enough people to play constantly. So you're tagged in or tagged out, or maybe you're not the starting line. Like, I think it does a good job of kind of showing all the different perspectives in a way of the characters who maybe don't get to start first or the characters that have lost or the frustrations of knowing that you've tried your best and didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, that's just the excitement of a good competitive show. Yeah. And what's really, I think, exciting. And I will say before I get too far, I've only seen 13 episodes. So I've seen the first half of the first season. So I watched all of it. Of the first season. Of the first season. So I think what's really exciting about this show is the way that the structure of volleyball creates situations in which you have to think of this teamwork and communication between teammates in a variety of ways. And so Mm -hmm. you get to see what different strategies look like. You get to understand how these teammates work together to overcome a particular obstacle uh, and play to their particular strengths or grow in some sort of way to make up for a weakness. Mm -hmm. That's that level of specificity that you don't necessarily see in something like No Game, No Life, where it's, again, like, there there go the protagonists doing doing what they're good at, um, and ultimately you get to find... It's just a different structure of how you're seeing them build to victory. Mm -hmm. This show is very detailed in the way that it does it. Like I've played volleyball recreationally before, mm-hmm. but I didn't know all the nuances of like what all these positions do and how exactly you use different players in different ways. That was mm-hmm. really exciting to watch and see. And I want to get more specific about this, what I'm talking about here. The, the structure of volleyball specifically and the way that they're addressing it, you have to think about the specialization of players in a more complicated and sort of messy way. But that doesn't mean that they lose their specialization. So what I mean is that in their high school volleyball, they, they have six players on the court and each of those players has their own specialization. Like one of them is a setter. A couple of them are wing spikers. You don't need to know exactly what those mean. It's just that they're different specializations. Some are more offensive, some are more defensive. But even in those positions, they have to be able to do every part of the sport, basically, because they're always rotating. Mm -hmm. So even if you are an offensive specialist and you're like, I'm the guy that spikes the ball and gets the point. Yes, you are that guy. However... You also, once you rotate and you're in the back or whatever, unless you're doing like some like substitution shenanigans, which again, it's not always the case. Uh, like you need to be able to receive a ball or receive a, a spike or whatever. Or block. Yeah. You need to be able to block. You need to be able to set. You need to be able to play every position as necessary because it's not like baseball, right? Where you you play your position and you do you know what to do in every scenario in your position um you have to be able to improvise well, if you've ever seen real volleyball too like everybody's constantly moving like mm-hmm. if you want to watch good volleyball look up like olympic volleyball it's so cool 
Yeah. And and I, I say that just in general. So you have to, even if you're a specialist, you have to be generally well-rounded as a volleyball player. But you also, it's not just that offensive player means you do offense. And like when you were in, a, in an offensive position, you also are functioning as a blocker, which is like a defensive act. Mm-hmm. Or like when you're in the back and you're serving, that's like an offensive move, but you're in a position where you're usually receiving when you're doing that. Even like within the, the specialties themselves, there are offensive and, de- and defensive components mixing together. And that's something that really stuck out to me in, in the show. I thought it was really cool. Because that's how volleyball works. And well, yeah, maybe, may, and maybe that's just me being excited about volleyball. But still, I think like the, the way that they write that is very, very good. And how they they address those the way that that works together, and it makes you think about like what does teamwork look like in this context? So it's a cool structural base to build on. I mean, I think it's harder in like other shows though, like you said with a baseball series. I mean, I've seen I've seen at least one baseball one, which was about I actually really liked it. It was about girls playing baseball, like they weren't playing softball, and I thought that was actually really cool mm-hmm. as a concept, just because. Usually when you think of girls having to play baseball, they're like, oh, yeah, girl, why are girls playing baseball? They should just play softball. Mm-hmm. But like, what? Why but is why? there that discrimination? Is it because the ball is bigger and so then girls can actually hit it? Because that's rude. I've, I've never understood the reasoning for that. I haven't either. Big Wind Up is another baseball show, but I haven't seen it. But the one that I did watch... Focused all, I mean, like, you have kind of your mix between ones that focus more on, like, the teamwork aspect of it, of, like, them getting to know each other that besides just the sports that they play. And I think that some shows have a nice balance of it. I think Haikyuu does a really nice job of balancing between the teamwork aspect and the play aspect because, honestly, I think it'd be a, bo- a more boring show if we got to watch them like live their high school lives on yeah. top of the volleyball. Cause a lot of it's just them playing volleyball, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But like if, when you watch shows, like, I don't know if you watch like a Moe, I don't know. Saki is an example kind of like they do play Mahjong. They get to know each other, but there is a lot of stuff happening outside of the realm of just playing Mahjong. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say there's less going on during a Mahjong match, but at the same time, like, there kind of is in a sense like volleyball you can just get away with being very excited about watching where the ball is going constantly and i think they do a really good job of like emphasizing like certain portions of the of the game yeah but like with mahjong like they kind of have to be like oh look i have three of these tiles and two of these tiles so i'm getting trying to get this one certain type of hand which like you learn the hands over time and everything i don't know the thing i like about saki which is about a girl named Saki who is good at mahjong. Um, she has the special ability of getting this one really specific mahjong where, or mahjong hand where I think it's, uh, I want to say, so like when you play mahjong, you get like essentially like tiles and you have to match up the tiles in certain ways to get special mahjong hands. Mm-hmm. And there's like the extra tiles that aren't in play go into like the center. And so those get flipped when certain criteria are met. And so when she her special ability is like one of the highest rating point mahjong hands where she gets an extra tile from the center which finishes her hand and then she gets like a bunch of points and so that's kind of just her specialty but it's interesting like in that show where it's focused a lot more of them kind of being high school girls 
doing this competition. And the filler of that series is like following all these different clubs within the that are from all these different schools that all play mahjong. But it def- you can definitely feel a lot more of the high school girl aspect in that show more so than like in high Q. Mm-hmm. The only time I really felt it was after they had the first comp- big competition um, and they like you got to see them all kind of in their classrooms having to deal with real life things, which was even just only a portion of the episode. So I, I liked I liked that it was more action packed and I enjoy the fact, even though it's kind of annoying when you're watching weekly, that usually usually the like big competitive episodes go over like a few episode length of time. So they're not rushing it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think the less time you spend on their high school lives or trying to create drama outside of the sport, the better, at least in this context, because I think as the as they're already demonstrating, there's enough strategy to keep you interested, enough variation in how you play the game and how these characters and these specialties interact with each other. And it's also driven by the protagonist himself, who is singularly obsessed with volleyball as is his rival turned ally on the team uh, kageyama the two of them are sort of the driving force behind the show narratively and they are really pretty much all they care about is winning volleyball at least in the parts that i've seen and so being able to follow them means that you're only going to be caring about volleyball which is cool Mm -hmm. i will say though that Probably the the main downside of the show for me is how much talking they do during the game, which I understand. Like you have to make it clear in your narrative development, like this is what's happening and I'm inspired to do this thing now or, ooh, they did this thing. Now I'm going to do this thing. I get that you need that, especially for younger viewers. You want to review that information for them and make it clear X plus Y equals Z. But it did feel a little slow at times, especially when it's not in a competition and they're just like in practice. Like this stood out to me when the their team's ace comes back, Azumani. Mm-hmm. Over the course of two or three episodes, it's like, is, is he going to come back or is he going to stay out for good? And then they're like playing this practice match with this neighborhood association team. And again, they include a lot of important information there, but a lot of it's like, we know what's going to happen. We know he's going to join the team. We know that he's going to overcome his fear of being blocked, you know, in this match. And so it just feels like a waste of time to watch him flip flop on that for 20 minutes. I don't know. My argument with that is that when he does, when they do end up beating the team that he got blocked by, though, like it was really emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of just like getting to know the other characters too, because I think that we could follow Hinata and Kagiyama the entire time. But I think it was interesting though, in the context of like getting to know the older students though, too, like when the Libero comes back and Asahi comes back. And also you get to hear from, um, is it Suga? So when Sugawara comes back, like kind of knowing like their whole story though, too, and like seeing not only how cool those positions are. But also, like, getting to know their own personal drive of wanting, like, to get better or, like, losing touch with it. Because, I mean, like, I think a lot of people lose touch with a sport when they aren't doing well. It's very easy for you to want to leave. And, like, yes, it might have been a long time where he was saying, like, oh, I don't know, kind of being wishy-washy about it. But at the same time, I think it was really important for at least his little, like, 
personal narrative to be that wishy-washy over it. Because it was a big event for him. He didn't score a single time on a spike. Like, how traumatizing is that if he already doesn't have a lot of, like, personal confidence? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I get that that's... I Like, I just mean, like, literally in the amount of time spent in the episode on that. It felt long to me. But I had also been binging the show, so that might have just been part of that, too. I don't know. I think with, like, when series are 25, 26 episodes, like there are going to be slower moments in it because they can slow down. Mm -hmm. Like if this was a 13 episode or they probably wouldn't have spent that long on it. But at the same time, if it was only a 13 episode or I think this series would be not as good either. Probably. Because it'd feel very rushed. Well, yeah. And that you can tell they're taking their time. And at the point 13 episodes in that I'm at it, they've only just been doing practice matches. Mm hmm. They haven't actually had a real match at all with real stakes yet. And so you can I can really tell they're really pacing themselves out for it. Mm -hmm. And and going into the show, knowing that there's multiple seasons, obviously, because it's very popular, but just knowing that I'm like, OK, so obviously we're going to get into some like higher stakes competitions. I just have to be patient. So art is something that is created for some reason or another um, that is able to encompass some sort of something. And I, I don't want to be more specific than that because, you know, there's so many different artistic movements that are like, do we want to have meaning or do we want to be meaningless or do we want to be trying to express the intent of the author? Or do we want to make it like just the subjective experience of the of the recipient of the artwork. So I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of that. But what I'm trying to get at is there is often a narrative being told, something that is controlled, as in some sort of story is being told. And again, exceptions to this, but like I'm thinking just like you watch Lord of the Rings or whatever. It's like you're being told a story. So everything that's being set up in the story is done with intent and it's leading somewhere to a conclusion that when you see that conclusion, you'll look back at the rest of the story and say, oh, okay, da, 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 da. I see how we got here. I see why this thing is relevant. I see why this thing is relevant, blah, blah, blah. And so sports are different because there's no end narrative. You can't, and I'm talking about real sports. I'm not talking about like representations of mm -hmm. sports in narrative. So you watch sports and you don't know what the outcome will be. You can't, I mean, you can make predictions, but you can't predict based on any like narrative aspects. You can't be like, oh, this team, they're all really good people and they're kind of rough around the edges and they're going up against, and they're the underdog going up against the big scary team that's evil. So we know who's going to prevail in the end. No, in actuality, in that situation, you know, you got to play the odds. There's no narrative justice in sports, long story short. In real sports. In real sports. Because yes. you don't know who's going to win. Exactly. And the outcome is not based on any attempt to make a narrative. It just, it is what it is, kind of. But that doesn't mean it's not exciting. People still love watching sports knowing that there's no narrative justice to it. But the thing is, when the narrative leaks into the sport or the sport becomes part of the narrative, we get these more nuanced situations that are really interesting so for example when you're watching sports and you encounter 
a sort of moment that has all of this narrative drive behind it. And it's like, like when the underdogs do win and they, and you do feel like they deserve it after all these years of their team Mm -hmm. being shit or whatever, or, you know, and that's when you get these like sports documentaries that are like, look at how legendary this moment was in sports history, whatever. And, And then moving the other way, putting sports into narrative, it's still exciting to see, even though, it kind of diffuses that element of chance in sports. You still get the narrative excitement of of that. And so that's what we're seeing in something like Haikyuu um, or pretty much any competition show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just wanted to point out that that is still like, why is that still exciting then? I mean, I think I feel like with like competition shows, part of it's the journey, even if like, you know, what's going to happen, like, Okay, so Purdue versus OSU. We know OSU is going to win. In, in football. Yes, in, in football, sorry. We know that OSU is going to win. Even though we know OSU is going to win, there's still the journey in which they do win. Like, there could still be, like, really cool moments in, within that game, like, that Purdue can pull off. At the end of the day, maybe they lose, but you still have all the excitement from getting to watch the game play itself. So mm. even if it is not up to chance because the chances that osu is going to win is high there's still that excitement to see what happens in the game itself if you take mm-hmm. that to an anime because yes there's chance but ultimately it's up to the author the author can pretty much make a nine to one win can be easily flipped because of how they want to write the narrative mm-hmm. so the exciting part about competition shows is I still think the journey in which they get there and like how the game plays out, but you also never know who's going to win because it's not dependent on how good the teams are. So the, the chance as a viewer is in how well you can predict what, where the narrative is going to go rather than the literal odds of the game itself. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to that whole joke about food wars. If you present your food first, you lose. (laughs) Like, yeah, but it's still up to kind of chance of what's going to happen. I mean, in Food Wars, you could tell when they were going to lose because the state, depending on what the stakes were, like, oh no, he's going to be expelled if he loses. Right. Well, I guess he's going to win. Yeah, but like in the competition for Haikyuu, the ending battle, they make it up to being able to fight Alba, and you don't know what's going to happen. It takes, I think, three episodes for them to finish this entire arc of the game because it's just back and forth the both teams are learning and beating each other in certain different ways and better and better they go all the way to getting a 30 i think it's like a 31 to they they reach over 30 points in just over overtime pretty much like it's a really intense match you don't really know who's gonna win and then the one team wins because i'm not gonna ruin it but i know we have a spoiler alert but whatever for me it's for you yes specifically for you but you know going in that the main character team, the school's known currently for not being great. So they're mm-hmm. the underdogs. And so like expectingly, like you expect them to not do well. Like if you were a real person in a, a real life story of Haikyuu, like you're, you're going in watching this match and you're going to be like, okay, Alba going to win. But because it's an anime and a narrative or like a written narrative that someone can predict and change and everything the game was probably a lot closer than maybe it should have been or because the characters are just that good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Going back to what you said, though, like the excitement I don't think is in predicting at the ending. I mean, personally, I don't care about knowing what the ending is for things either. I just like knowing how it got, how it came to be 
It's just mm-hmm. so much more exciting, which I think is what makes sports shows good. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. And that can be with any sports show too. Well, and I will just say before we move on from this, that my own excitement, I think as a sports fan is when those things do work out, knowing that there is no narrative magic that makes it happen. I guess that like that this collision of elements that yes i mean maybe i'm not saying that that it's totally by chance right like obviously there are reasons that teams are good or teams are bad or that individual athletes are good or bad but like or perform well in particular situations even but like for me it's really exciting to see that in a real it's it's exciting for me to see that like manifest knowing that there's no one there to help push it along to make the cool thing happen that just like the cool thing happens and it's like wow can't believe that like but no i i i I definitely hear what you're saying and i i do agree with that that seeing how it came to be is where like the real substance of the shows come from rather than just like literally winning or losing i want to argue again a little bit though i think that depending how well the the author writes it though there's you can either feel like oh wow there's this magic thing that pushed them to like succeed so far Mm -hmm. but there's also shows that do write it really well in which you just it doesn't you can't feel that push Mm -hmm. like they struggle a lot or whatever like for example like again haikyuu i feel like you don't feel that magical push as much as an author is compared to the other show we were going to talk about iwa kakaru sports climbing girls let's call Mm -hmm. it sports climbing girls like the ending of sports climbing girls was stupid Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna put out there right now like it was so stupid the entire show is about these this this team of girls that get together in high school and they're all competitively rock climbing which is cool. It's a really cool concept. And there's like, you learn about the different types of rock climbing. And that's what the mm-hmm. beauty of competition shows are, is that you get to learn like a lot of different things because the characters just kind of innately like tell you things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. But mm-hmm. they lost to like the amazing girls school that has like the really popular rock climbing girl cool. um, cool, or whatever. Kuda Kuda Kusu. I love Yukari Tamura. Also, if you guys have listened to our Cross Sange episode, <laughs> she's also the voice actress for for Hilda. And you can hear Hilda in one of the scenes in particular. It's so great. But um, the ending is like this huge competition where not only do they not have their best rock climber in this competition, right? It's only the three of them now in this high school competition in which apparently all the other schools don't do really well at this one part of the competition mm-hmm. that raises them like extremely high because all three of them get maybe like the top three to eight people who climb the wall. Yeah. Part of me is like, oh cool, like they're they're overcoming the challenges they've had through the show. But at a really rushed pace in which it doesn't feel like you sh- they should be winning right now. Yeah. At all. <laughs> I know that this series is a web manga, which, I mean, that's surprising. It's a web manga. I almost feel like they wanted to finish the series off because they knew they weren't going to get a second season. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's unfortunate because it was such a kind of cool concept for... Mm-hmm. For the show itself. I don't know. I like shows like these where it's kind of you learn about a sport maybe you haven't really known about before. No. Yeah. I think and well, we talked about this in the working episode, too, is it's just like it's fun to learn about these things in 
detail that you wouldn't otherwise know unless you were a participant or like avid enthusiast about it. So it's really cool to see like the inner workings and how people work together in these sort of small team contexts. And it would be really interesting to see a version of sport climbing girls that is longer like that doesn't have to cram going from oh i'm the new kid i don't really know anything about climbing but i have a little bit of talent going from that to winning this like major championship in 12 episodes versus again like IQ, you're at 12 episodes in you're just still doing practice matches mm-hmm. If this was written in such a way that there would be that that amount of time to really get into that, it would be interesting to see. Although at the same time, it makes you wonder simply because rock climbing is less of a team sport than high Q. And I know every, everything's a team sport. Yes, I know. But like not to the same extent, the structural elements of the game that bring people together and make them interact with each other in real time in the competition itself not just watching your teammate on the climbing rock and shouting at them. There's just more to do in volleyball, mm-hmm. I think. I guess. I don't know. But like, it felt like they even got really lazy in the last episode alone with the animation too. Like, I, it almost felt like twelve episode 12 was like a cop-out episode, like altogether. Maybe it was because I watched Haiku before it and that animation and that series is really well done. But mm-hmm. I just noticed like, little things like oh their face proportions are off or like oh this animation was kind of weird or like this or that here or there which like i'm not expecting perfection out of climbing girls by any means like it's it's gonna be a b a b anime no matter what happens mm-hmm. i don't know like there i do appreciate that rock climbing girls took the time to like show hey it's been like a few months it wasn't like oh she magically learned all this within like the span of a really short amount of time you know, like there was some time there was there was obviously time for her to work up her muscles and everything and like all that. But how how far can you actually go in a series like this is the good question. Like you said, like how it's not like you have a multiple roles in rock climbing. You have different types, but everyone still has to do all the same things. And when the walls are supposed to be the same every single time, it's not like you want to animate the same wall every time, you know. But I don't know. I think you could still extend the amount of time for this show too by just making it more competitive alone like the kudakudu team whatever i I don't actually remember the school's name i just remember her like (laughs) she's the head the head of the team like they're like yeah this school is amazing and they have really good climbers like all around climbers and then the only two characters you see are like the main girl who's the forefront of their team and then this one girl who can climb really fast that you don't even get to see that much like Honestly, if this show was 26 episodes, it might have gone a little bit better just because it would have been paced out a lot better. But because they were trying to shove it in 12 episodes, like they they started off pretty strong as a as a show just because like they were explaining things. They were getting all the girls to know each other. Like I really liked in this show because everybody has to do the same things that there's a lot more intercompetition between the characters because at least in like Haikyuu for the example we're going to probably be using the entire time as like a generic short sports series um like the Hinata wanting to be like the ace or the spiker of the team versus Kagayama who wants to be like the best setter in the team 
there's not as much competition for them to like judge how good they are between themselves if that's not what they're really looking for like yeah. Kageyama's not going to be like, oh, damn, I can't spike as well as Hinata. Like, that's just not going to be a thing. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, in sports climbing's girls, you kind of get... Or even in Food Wars, because they're all doing the same thing, too, right? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. You have June, who's, like, kind of a veteran climber as a first year versus the main girl character, Konomi, who's actually a noob at climbing and just is really good at figuring puzzles of rock climbing out because of a game that she used to play. Like, you have, um, there's a there's a part where Konomi is like doing really well climbing all these walls, and June can't even get one of them done or something like that. And she goes on this huge hiatus, and it's kind of a big moment in the show. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't get that. I really appreciated that because you don't get that in a lot of different series. Like you might have that between characters from other teams, but you don't really feel as much of that pressure between characters themselves. Um, another mm-hmm. series that kind of does it a little bit is Chihaya Furu. But even then, the biggest one would probably be Tai Chi versus Arata. And like Arata's like the master, while Tai Chi's like I love it because his best description is the essentially it just means that he's skilled in everything he does, but he's not a master of anything. Jack of all trades. Master of none. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like in that show, his competition isn't really Chihaya, who's the main girl character, because in Karuta, you play against similar. Um, you play against gen like the same gender. Like, there's a king and queen in Karuta, which is like a Japanese card game. Um, I don't really feel like I have to explain the nuances of that show. Besides that, you know that um, the main girl character wants to become the queen, which means that she's literally the best Japanese Karuta female player in Japan. Whereas the king is obviously the best male character in Japan. And so, like, Taichi has a lot of... Because there's that love triangle also, Taichi wants to be better than Arata, but he's not competing against Chihaya, who's actually on his team. Arata, who's, like, this not on the same team slash doesn't even play on a team solo character, kind of, isn't, like... It's not like Taichi's competing with his teammates either in that sense, too. Like, they kind of play each other, but there's not... And there's, like, this drive to want to be better in a way, but it's not, like, really fleshed out as a whole story. That they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to compete against you and beat you and like be better than you. It's just kind of like, oh, hey, like we both got pretty far in this. It'd be nice if we could do better or like I could get better at this. But it's not like he's sad because Piggy beat him or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's interesting to see that in a series. And I really wanted to point that out for Sports Climbing Girls because it's kind of unique. Gotcha. So kudos for you for that. <laughs> but everything else kind of just... I did think it was really funny, though, when June pictures the cat girl and then she falls. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Way to have, like she's almost like surprised that she thought of the cat girl and that mm-hmm. causes her to fall. Like, wow, my support system. I'm going to picture all my friends and everybody else who supported me. And then cat girl shows up and you're like, oh, that's a surprise. And June's <laughs> also surprised. So she falls off the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man, that was my favorite part of that entire episode. You know, that's something I noticed about sport climbing girls that I've said about Crossange before is that it has a really weird dynamic between like serious moments and funny moments <laughs> where like I don't know like they're obviously doing something for comic relief but it's at like a very serious moment and that's like a perfect example of it because this cat girl character is she's obviously so absurd as a character like only talking in cat puns and like devilishly evil in like 
again, like a comic book villain way, but obviously she's not actually evil in any way other than being like an asshole. But like, so she's just there as comic relief, but then at like one of the most important parts for like one of these main characters, it's like supposed to be inspiring or intense and, and dramatic <laughs> cat girl shows up. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I feel bad that June falls. And I'm like, and I'm like, it makes sense too, because they build it up as like, Oh, she's in her head and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, is this like, am I supposed to be laughing? I, I don't know. But this mm-hmm. kind of happens throughout the series too, or like these serious moments get interrupted by like, comic uh-huh. relief character humor i mean it's it's not that bad like you kind of just flow through it because you're not taking the show like 200 percent no. seriously anyway in the first place like it's it's a fairly light show anyway but mm-hmm. it's still just like huh. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we don't even have enough remembering of um god damn it what's that stupid sumo wrestling show we watched what? That you like so much. The one where like they use their butts and boobs to like Oh Keijo. Keijo. Like I don't remember enough about Keijo to like talk about it here, but I just wanted to mention it because I feel like it deserves oh. a mention. We have to mention Keijo. Yeah. It's pretty much like the same thing as this though. Like there's not really a true plot. It's almost even less plot than sports climbing curls. And I think it's hysterical that it has a higher score. Because I mean it was kind of I think it was better. But it was also people probably just like the boobs. Well, but aspect and in like a slight defense of it, I think it it kind of functions almost as like a satire of competition shows in itself. Mm. You know, like it 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 has a premise that is already over the top, and it's like it's doesn't try to be serious about it at all. But it's still like it follows the the competition show formula. Mm-hmm. it's not just fan service no like they have their special abilities abilities that using their boobs and their butts in very creative and their hips, ways and their, that, hips. and their hips sorry and they do it in such a way that is is not remotely physically possible but is you know very cool to watch and you know it's it they they give such intensity to to such like over the top absurd scenes to be clear, I don't want to give Keijo too much credit. It's not a great show, even accepting the ridiculous premise. But what I'm now thinking about with Sport Climbing Girls 2 is that it does, in a way, highlight that the outcomes of sports aren't really as important as we make them as a culture. To be clear, I love sports, and I think that they are important culturally, and they should exist, and people should take them seriously. However, to, to put it in this, if you want to read it as a satirical context, it does have the effect of showing, like, pan back and realize how low the stakes are here. Like, no one's dying, people might get injured, but it's it's in the context of we're doing this ultimately in the name of having fun. Yeah, you could think of it as, like, you know, building character, too, or whatever. Like, learning discipline, learning teamwork. Okay, sure. But, I mean, you can learn those skills outside of sports, too. I think it is useful in that it, it allows ourselves to laugh at ourselves a little bit with how much we get into sports, long story short. Like, we don't need to really get upset about them or really obsess over them the way that we often do. I like how 
which is really true. I think that it's not pointed out enough in shows personally. Like I don't see a lot of shows be like, you know what? At the end of the day, this is like a game. This is us having fun or like us losing or like, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone takes it 110% seriously, which is, I mean, like, I feel like you need to, if you really want to win and that's fine. But what I really like about Haikyuu now more so too, is that it does point that out. Like there's a scene after the first 12 episodes of the anime where they after the competition happens and they're like okay third year is like i know you want to do this spring competition too but like in the spring the third year shouldn't be in it because they should be focusing more on getting into college or what they want to do after high school and the teacher like comes up to the coach and he's like hey coach like you should go talk to or not coach sorry the advisor in charge because the coach is someone else but he goes up to the advisor and he's like hey your third year is i know they want to play but they should be thinking about their futures and like mm-hmm. you should talk to them about them focusing on their futures because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Right. Because it's just a sport. It's not going to do anything for them in their later life. Yeah. Especially because like none of them are going to go pro. And then he even em- emphasizes like even like Sugawara is not even in the starting line. Like, like why is he continuing? Because if he's not going to be playing, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. the unfortunate part is they kind of blaze past it in a way too because all the third years are just like yeah we want to play so like screw you teacher for trying to stop us mm-hmm. um but i think it's it is important kind of to have that pointed out though too at the same time yeah i think we should also use that to slightly criticize this trope of a main character being dead set obsessed with a sport and nothing else or some sort of competition and nothing else, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I admire that kind of drive in a person. And I think that's that sort of determination is a great thing to have. But when you all of your energy gets diverted into something where, again, the stakes are so low, it really doesn't matter. Ultimately, like, it's like, could you, you know, think about things that actually have real consequences sometimes? That would be nice to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guess there is an exception to that if the character is like, you know, I want to, like, I need to go pro with this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my only shot. Or like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I think of this, but I'm thinking of Dead Man Wonderland where they do like that obstacle course what? at the very beginning. But like, that's a situation where the competition is literally life or death. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for you to be very determined to win in that context. I'm not saying, again, you shouldn't be determined to win in a sport. That's what makes it exciting. But like singularly fixated on this one thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it is for what you want to do in the future, like in Food Wars. Like in Food Wars. Which we should talk about after the break. In today's intermission, we're going to have a discussion on what anime we both would want to be like the superstars of and what our special ability would be. Because mm. I mean, like even it doesn't have to it could be like any sort of competition, too, obviously. And it's kind of fun when you think about it in the context of I don't know, I play a lot of video games. So mm-hmm. like I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight lately and 
Like, it's funny to think about, like, okay, so we have people who enjoy being chased. We have people who enjoy doing the generators to get us out. And, like, those are the only two real roles. But, like, everyone kind of plays them in different ways. And then, like, when you get hooked by the killer, I really like to run Slippery Meat. Everyone hates me for it. What is Slippery Meat? Slippery Meat is is a perk in which you can get yourself off a hook yourself. Like, you get three extra tries to get yourself off a hook. And you get a little bit extra percent chance. Um, the normal percent chance is 4%. With full high tier slippery meat, you get up to 8% chance to get off the hook. Um, Listeners, this is why I prepared my punishment beforehand. I already knew that I would be the one who would tangents more because I've watched a lot more competitive shows than you. Very well. Proceed. But essentially, I like getting caught first, usually, just because then I get to use my slippery meat. But like if my other teammates get caught first, it's not as good, person in my opinion. But anyway, Dodo, what competition type show would you want to be a part of, and what would be your superpower? This is tough because I know that there's already a show about running that came out just a couple years ago, mm. and I didn't want to watch it because it was it's kind of like too close to home in a way, like. I think we've talked about this before, but like, it's a runner. It's, yeah, because I'm a runner. I grew up around runners. That was like my parents' social circle. And so I like ran cross country and track and up through high school. And so I w- didn't want to watch an anime about it because it was like, I would feel on edge about like, I don't know how to describe it. So I didn't watch that show. And so, <laughs> but I guess I would still want to be in an anime about running and so because you you do think of like running as or i guess particularly in like cross-country running that that's like a very individual effort that there's nothing that you can do to really support your teammates in any way when you're just like running on a course Um, but that's not necessarily true and i think in a anime you could really highlight and put those elements of teamwork that do exist into really high contrast and really like exaggerate them. So, I mean, for example, I remember there was this one pretty important invitational I was at and we were running against this team that had some pretty good runners on it and they were kind of, and I know that this sounds like I'm describing an anime, but you know, the team was like, they're just known for like, being like more aggressive runners i guess it's 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 funny to think like in reality that teams like have particular traits like that and so mm-hmm. there's one point in the course where i was with three of my other teammates this guy was like trash talking one of our teammates and so like the three of us ran up alongside him and we like formed like a diamond around him basically while we were running so he was like trying to trash talk with the four of us (laughs) and it wasn't working and then we like as a group like pushed past him it was just it was just like probably the most anime moment i've ever had running but it was just it was a really beautiful moment and I, i really love thinking about how we like kicked his ass um so you know I think it would be fun to do that. And then you can kind of emphasize what different runners are good at. So I think my superpower would be that. So in like a 5K, my final 100 meters is where I really shine because 
I still had a pretty good sprint compared to a lot of the other distance runners. So mm. probably be my my epic anime Naruto run finish, which by the way, definitely not good running form, but you know, in an anime, I would do it. Be fun. Like I, there's a lot of things that'd be really fun to do, but like off the top of my head, first thing I thought of that would be kind of fun to have an anime about would be um, team pool. Mm, Interesting. I don't know how it'd play out. Like if you would like each individually have your own matches and then you'd like, you know, score each other all together in some sort of way, or if like you could switch off tag out or whatever, but like you could have someone who's like specifically if they get stripes, they're really good. But if they get stuck on solids, they have a lot of, they have trouble or something or like, but if it was like two on two pool, you know, like with a teammate, then you could have mm. like pair off things too. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of different, you know, like someone would maybe be really good at breaking, but they're really bad at like everything else or something like that. Or like you have <laughs> the people who are who are really strong, but they have hard time doing like the soft touches into the corners or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be it'd be fun. I like pool. Pool's well, and with pool, you could have like the cool like bar aesthetic thing too. Mm, where it's, yeah, you know. You have like you know a cliche anime where you have the high schooler who comes into the bar doesn't drink but beats all the adults or something. Yeah. Oh, and then the one who's super powered because they're actually an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like they can't play not drunk. Yeah, and then we would talk about how much of a problem that character is on our podcast. And yeah, exactly. You know, it'd be fun to watch. It would be. It would be fun to watch. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they can like because they're so um, intoxicated, they can like see the lines of where the angles are yeah because oh wow but if if not then they have to play sober okay yeah and yeah and then the same thing with like as as with food wars as you have their own like certain personas i'm just thinking of like one of them like holds the pole like a like a lance and so like that's like the the dark night of <laughs> joe's saloon <laughs> only oh, drinks God. whiskey sours um no, I thought of I thought of a better one for me though. Um, so one I would want to do is Among Us. Yeah, I know I'm a normie. Damn, what a normie. Yeah. I mean, I thought about I thought video games too. Like it'd be fun to be like you know Apex special, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's too real. Yeah, but no, I just like I love social deduction games in general. So it'd be fun to watch. Well, it'd be fun to watch a, a an anime that focuses on like the lives of like twitch streamers and like who are in like a competition or something who are like into a particular game because you could have a competition between there's twitch like game like competitions oh yeah yeah all the different like twitch groups of like either random friends that get together or people who actually make like a group together Mm -hmm. under the same name what if there was a competition in like anime watching you would win (laughs) feon well yes but I don't know. I wonder if you could make it like you couldn't make a competition about anime watching, but it'd be interesting. Well, an anime like quiz show game sort of thing, and but you'd have to like watch a lot of anime. So like maybe some people are like some maybe some people have like certain genres that they watch over others. Yeah. Yeah. You have the shonen guy, the or even like the shonen girl. There we go. And then a guy who likes shoujo. You have someone who likes the older series, someone who likes isekais. The new person who's just gotten into anime. I don't know. Sure. I guess we don't really have that as much. 
or the person who like watched a lot of anime but doesn't like have an idea that these happen so that they just kind of jump in and don't know how the the system works or something i don't know and the one who has seen every episode of one piece yes that's how much of a specialist they are <laughs> what if it was like a long series watcher like they only watch series that are over like 100 episodes so they've only seen like 12 shows but they've watched just as much anime as everyone yeah else. like they've only seen like sailor moon one piece detective conan like they're caught up on all <laughs> of detective conan all 20 something movies and all a thousand plus episodes but they've only seen like five anime in their life <laughs> there you go you have the binger who like only remembers certain aspects because they watch too fast so they know like <laughs> storyline they could probably tell you really quick information that anyone who's seen it knows but if it comes down to nitty-gritty like what's the opening it'd be like well i fucking skipped that so i don't know that that'd be fun sure. <laughs> that'd be so cool very meta Food Wars is the is the longest show I've ever watched because I don't usually watch a lot of long anime. Mm -hmm. um, but this one I really enjoyed from start to finish, basically. I don't think there's really... There's rarely a dull moment, I would say, in Food Wars. And, and I want to emphasize, too, getting into this, that like the value of having a long series again, which I know we've talked about, is like you really get to feel like you know and understand the characters I think better than you can simply because you're spending more time with them and you're literally seeing them, them on the screen mm -hmm. more and they just have more room for failure basically failure and growth and that's like the one of the biggest things about the protagonist so the show is basically about a guy named Yukihira Soma who works at his dad's diner in like a small town and he gets the opportunity to go to Totski, which is this really extremely prestigious cooking school, basically. So it's basically him going to the school. And the special thing about this school is that the students have to compete with each other in shokugekis, which are basically like cooking competitions. But they're very intense and they're very limited by time and resources and they usually have a specific theme. And so they have to like literally like go in, usually go into like an arena, which has like a kitchen built mm -hmm. in it and cook for judges. So basically they compete in shokugekis, which is how you climb the ranks at the school. And so the show is basically about this guy meeting all these different people, competing against them learning from them, and I mean, that's really it. I mean, they go a lot of different directions with the context for when they're competing, where they're competing, what they're competing for. Sometimes they're just trying to, like, get on the the Elite 10 group or whatever, like the top 10 students in the school. Sometimes they're trying to, like, save the school from being overrun by a scary dictator guy. Sometimes they're trying to save the soul of cooking itself, but it's all based around the shokugekis. So that's the show. 
Honestly, out of all the characters that has, like, since you were talking about following characters for a long time and learning their arcs, I think the character that honestly grew the most in that show, though, is Megumi. You think so? Mm-hmm. Like, how much did Soma really grow in that show? Besides, like, learning to actually cook with others. But he, it's not like he didn't get along with others beforehand. It's just that, like, he's just very driven to cook. Yeah, his attitude never changes, that's for sure. Well, well like, growth is kind a of. Though. He like, does get humbled, though, a little bit, too. I think at the beginning, he has more of an ego, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, for growth, though, like, Megami, like, is timid and shy, and she grows into one of the elite tens. Yeah, I think she she learns confidence, and Soma learns humility, I would say, overall. Yeah, I mean, in terms of character growth, it doesn't feel like you see these really drastic changes in the characters beyond kind of learning, again, to work together with each other and, like, like knowing who their allies are, basically. Mm-hmm. Because, again, because they're always sort of competing. Like, for example, his Soma's close friend and rival, Takumi Aldini, always sees Soma as a rival. And he is always, like, kind of at his throat, even when, in the later seasons, they are working closely together to defeat a greater evil. He never, like, leaves leaves behind the idea of seeing Soma as his greatest rival. But part of that, too, is that they just keep adding on characters. Mm-hmm. True. It, it, it kind of stays fresh because there's always an injection of, of like new, interesting character types, and then you get to see how your old friends interact with those new, new forces, new obstacles. Watch them beat them and whatnot. Because of like the you are their stay or go mentality of the show. It kind of takes away from who's going to win competitions and whatnot. Like I said, there's kind of that joke going on about the whole, if you present first, you lose idea Mm -hmm. that everyone has. Like, I think it's funny, but it's also not untrue. Like the only times you really see Soma lose are like, if it's him and his dad cooking, obviously, but like, if it's something that like, there's no stakes involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if there's stakes involved, then Soma has to win, or whoever he's with has to win, or they have to, like, build up to a point where eventually they have to win. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's interesting to see, like, the journey along the way, because it's always fun to see, like, the new dishes they cook, or, like, see everybody's special ability. I think the show itself does such a good job of, like, showing the special abilities of each character and how unique they are. Oh, yeah. I love Rindo Senpai. She's my favorite. And she has, like, the ability to work with, like, really rare species and things like that which was like really out there and i thought that was actually a really cool concept yeah i think another thing this show does really well though with competition is like the setup for each one too or like mm-hmm. during the mi- even the middle of a competition like i remember one of them like i never remember the specifics of them but like one of the competitions was one of the uh, i think it was no it was against i think eisen or whatever his name was wasn't it like the the goon looking t- um elite member he like fed something to the judges that causes cause their taste buds to be different. Mm-hmm. Like just like the minute details of that is kind of cooler. Like you always know that whenever a dish isn't like, oh, this dish is this dish is good, but it's not like, oh my god, this dish is the ma- most amazing thing I've ever had. There's always something up the character's sleeves. Mm-hmm. I mean the the idea of it happening is very unsurprising but like the manner in which it's taken is the part that just pulls you back in yeah and that way it is kind of like no game no life in a way 
because in no game the life like the driving force of a lot of those episodes that make them so exciting is it's like how are the protagonists going to solve this problem how are they going to overcome this impossible obstacle in food wars it's very similar and that's like okay there's the food on the plate i can see it given what the judges have said and like what what their taste buds are telling them like how is this dish going to beat what his opponent just put down or whatever when they've already like told us like oh well this is inferior this is inferior and then it's always like well now that you've taken your first bite try it with this sauce or mix this thing together with this thing or whatever Mm -hmm. And now tell me what you think of this dish. And of course, it's always like, wow, this thing combined with this thing in this mind-blowing way that I could never have anticipated. And now I'm, blah, my mind is blown. This is taking culinary arts. (laughs) Yeah, or I'm a gorilla in an onsen or whatever. That's like the cliche one. Yeah, okay, yeah. I do like, though, at the end of the day, like that... Arena didn't have to be saved by Soma in a way. Because mm. she kind of fought her own way out of it, kind of. Which was kind of nice. Like, I'm glad that he, she didn't need, like, Soma to protect her from the, the bad guy. Like, I think she used her own strength kind of at the end. And in the end of the day, Arena, best girl. I mean, best cook. Both both things, though. <laughs> and for context, Arena is one of the, like, best cooks at the academy she's in soma's class i believe but she is special because she is known as the god tongue which means that she just has an incredible um, unmatched sense of taste that allows her to detect really good food basically and what's in it and yeah exactly what's in it right or what to make it better with Mm mm-hmm and so obviously she's a really good cook because of that. There's a lot of family drama with her that comes into the later seasons. And uh, the final season basically culminates in this new organization led by this guy that wants to marry Arena, kind of for her tongue, I believe. Pretty much. The, the, final, the thrust of the final season is basically that Soma and his friends, but basically Soma has to defeat this new dark force in order to, as you say, save Arena. Which isn't even in the context of like him wanting to like save her romantically for himself, mm-hmm. even though it really alludes to that. But Soma's right. a second year in high school. So he's what, 15, 16? He mm-hmm. can't think that in-depthly. Yeah. <laughs> the the Well, the aspect of that like sort of hinted at romance is interested in the context of a competition show because as as you're saying like in the final season that like like hinted at romance that like like since the very beginning there's a hinted at romantic tension between soma and arena that like i mean she's obviously like a sundere and he's kind of like a knucklehead guy that just wants to cook Cook. basically in the later seasons it's kind of hinted at that she is like more impressed by soma than she used to be and she actually like sees him as more of an equal and is like genuinely impressed by him yeah so it's it is strange to see like 
them trying to inject this romance. I don't even know if inject's the right word, but the fact that they're including this sort of hint at a romance while still keeping it a competition show, I I don't know if that's necessarily effective for what they're trying to do. Because it just didn't feel like... Like, obviously, this is not a romance show. So it's like, why include that? Because they have to. Duh. But why do they have to? Well, I'm not saying they have to. I was being sarcastic, but like... Because it's a show where there's males and females. I mean, you have you have your moments, though, in any, like, single-gendered show, too. Obviously, there's pretty high tension between, like, in Haiku, um, Hinata and Kagayame. Like, I bet there's a bunch of fanfics about them. Yeah, like, for sure. I feel like with a lot of sports shows, like, you get a lot of kind of that sexual tension, though, too, kind of between characters. Like, especially also in female shows, too. There is a girl's beach volleyball anime that came out that i can't remember the name of that i really liked and enjoyed because volleyball beach volleyball specifically because i like beach volleyball but like you know they're often pairs so obviously the pairs are who you ship easy Mm -hmm. and like in this one it's really easy to ship too because you're like oh he's a setter the other one's a spiker easy easy ships receiver has even more sexual connotations there you go in free you have makoto and haru like who doesn't ship them or like and then the other two that i don't remember their names i'm sorry i'm gonna probably make people mad because i don't remember the free names the free characters (laughs) names but i feel like i don't know with sports and competitions because emotions are running so high i think it's not abnormal to have like sexual tension between characters or not even sexual but like tension romantic romantically eluded tension between characters right right I mean, there is obviously hints of Soma X Megami, and I feel like some people probably wanted Soma X Megami. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Arena just had such a bigger. Like, Megami would be the one he'd come home to who would support him, but Arena <laughs> would be the one that pushes him to become better. Yeah. And the fact that the show isn't afraid to show characters sexually, too. That's true. And again, they're high schoolers. We don't condone doing that with high schoolers but like they do it yes probably because you don't think of them as high schoolers right yeah well we all know aldini soma is the best ship anyway takumi soma specifically Uh uh-huh i mean like there's there's your normal tropes right you have your normal tropes in competitive shows where you have a group of people that probably aren't very close and then they grow closer over the span of whatever it is and they all have this camaraderie where they all want to beat somebody and usually there's a rival and usually the rival gets a little bit of airtime depending on how long the show is and if they really want to show them mm-hmm. and like i don't know like i think the reason why i liked haiku is because it was just a good solid competition show that was entertaining and i think they just did a really good job of kind of showing the different aspects of it Mm-hmm. sometimes that's all you need honestly though it is i mean i watched the world's what is it it was like i want to be the strongest in the world or something i i pushed the random button on Crunchyroll, and that's the one that i got mm-hmm. it was about like a super idol who for like a variety show they end up having to fight a wrestler and she of course you know she loses because she's not a wrestler <laughs> and that pushes her to want to become a wrestler and beat this girl in like another year and then it just follows this girl who used to be an idol as she becomes a female wrestler and wants to become the strongest in the world and you're like you know this is kind of an interesting 
topic, but like it wasn't a great series. And of course, the idol girl's friends are like, wait, come back to our idol group. And she's like, no, I must become a wrestler. And it just, I don't know, it's kind of fun. That's all I remember. I watched it like a day. Yeah. Instead of studying. I know we've kind of said this before, but it is just interesting. Like with this kind of show that you kind of need to have a character or you need to have a protagonist who is so single-mindedly fixated on being the best at this one specific thing and sacrifice other important aspects of your life in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Again, it's really inspiring to see that, but it's just like not terribly realistic. One thing I wanted to point out that actually just occurred to me is one show that I think resists that a little bit, and this is, to be clear, not a primarily a competition show, and I've not seen all of it, but I did start watching it a while ago, is March Comes in Like a Lion. Because that's a show about a uh, shogi player who is very reluctant to continue playing shogi. And he does not, at least for as much of it that I've seen, is not really fixated on, I want to be the best shogi player in the world at all, really. And the show is really like centered around his relationship with other people that support him and that he kind of learns from as like a pseudo family in a way that is outside the realm of competition, even though him being a shogi player is like sort of the main force of the show. He is a much more well-rounded character than a lot of these other protagonists. And um, I I won't say it's good because it's more realistic, but it's, I, I appreciate that about it because it shows him as someone who is a competitor who isn't obsessive, you know. Mm-hmm. You're you're allowed to be a person. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever want to watch another competitive food-related show, you could try this one that's 50 episodes of pure cuteness called Yumiro Patissiere, which is about elementary school kids learning how to make baked goods and competing. It's actually really cute and fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. Like a guilty pleasure. It has two seasons. The first season was really cute about this girl. It was like really similar to Kitchen Princess, the manga. But like, it's also kind of a reverse harem. But it's about a girl who like really likes to bake because her grandma used to bake. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you get to watch them compete and make these really cool looking baked goods. Freaking uh, best guy, Makoto Kashino, is like an uh, expert in chocolate. So, like, I never knew you had a tempered chocolate till watching this series. And then, like, he makes the most beautiful designs, which I know aren't, like, real, but they're, like, so cool. I know. And they also have, like, little fairies because, you know, it's, like, a children's show. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's really good. So if you guys want to watch a peer version of Food Wars that's not even about food but focused on baking, check out Yumiro Patissiers, where I don't know where you could find it. But it used to be on Country Roll. This is, this is literally 50 episodes. I told you it was 50 episodes in season yeah. 12. That's incredible. Yeah, it was good. I, it was worth watching for 50 episodes. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it came out in 2009 when, like, that's, I told you, like, shows used to not have, like, a certain standard of how many episodes they had. Mm-hmm. Um, that about does it for this episode. Competition. I think Fayon probably rambled a bit more this episode what do you think listeners yeah yeah 
We're going back to an old, old trusted classic today. Oh, dear. MAL expert review. Oh no. It's been a minute. No. And I think we're we are gonna do the reverse oh, punishment today. No. You're gonna hear a good review of a show that you do not think is so good. Okay, well, what show? Well, Fayon, you gave me some good ideas in our overrated series episode. Oh fuck. I thought I would find an expert review on Rent-A-Girlfriend. Mm, fun! I mean, I do like the girl characters in that show. Okay, well, I did cut out some of their description of characters that was less interesting for the sake of this review. So hopefully the parts you already agree about, you don't even have to waste your time on. So this review of Rental... of rent You got in my head because you keep calling it the wrong thing. This I know review, it's a girlfriend, but like, whatever. <laughs> This review of Rent a Girlfriend is by MAL user Tiago Vaz007. Wow. With a rating of 10. Oh, no. Wonderful, magnificent, splendid, extraordinary. I couldn't take it. I went to the manga, and it improved my impression with its, with its exciting and totally addictive story. <laughs> yeah, it's very addicting. And it is also wonderful, magnificent, splendid, and extraordinary, correct? It is all of those things. I mean, when I read the manga, I binged it too. History. The story has a striking premise, as it is different and denotes potential. In spite of this, it starts in a simple way, with some situational constraints creating a love triangle, involving an ex-girlfriend, a rental girlfriend, and a boy with problems typical of the age and culture to which he belongs. <sighs> However, this is just a hook for something much more complex, dramatic, and profound, <sighs> with many other things being inserted into a great plot. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. Typical problems of a boy that age and culture. Yep. And very profound. Very, very profound. It is a story that has a lot of content, which talks about the relationship problems of young people. But it also speaks of dreams, determination, sacrifices, traumas, respect, values, family, and love, among other things. These things are transmitted in a natural, non-expository way, and pass a lot of emotion. I've definitely felt emotions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And you learned about... Things like respect, family, and love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Good. The anime is not action. Okay, we got some typos, but the anime is not action to need scenes very fluid and full of special effects. It is also not very artistic, very conceptual to ask for very bold designs. Now, within what he proposes of being a romance anime with everyday life, life has nothing to complain about. The drawings are constant. They are detailed in the characters, they are attractive, there's nothing wrong with them, and there's no lack of fluidity in the animation. Palette of colors, shadows, and some lights is also agreed with the anime proposal. And there are great hits from the director in the framings. Finally, if there is a defect, is not having done something of extreme spotlight, such as very detailed mm. scenarios. I'm gonna just put it up that that person liked the animation of the show and like, I mean, it was, it's by a good studio. They have big names. They were expecting big things. I don't, I'm not faulting the VAs at all in this. And I'm definitely not faulting the, the show itself is actually really well done. 
Mm-hmm. Well, here's another thing that's really well done is the characters. The characters mm-hmm. are all well developed, mm-hmm. showing the past, the motivation, and all of this being used properly within the anime. They are also not characters with unidirectional characteristics. The good guys are not always good guys, and bad guys are not always bad guys. In more, they produce great dialogues that, co- that convey emotion, that match the situations, and that have something to go tell. Right? Oh. Yep. <laughs> so I just pulled out, um, they listed some of the characters with descriptions, but they did give a little bit more detail on the two main ones so there's kazuya he is a young character who has weaknesses who is immature who is innocent who is inexperienced and who makes his mistakes but his mistakes are not due to malice no and he is a virtuous person in principle therefore his successes are so good that they win over anyone i mean yes (laughs) you were won over right by his successes oh yeah so one over yep mm-hmm. he's the wow what an amazing male character mm-hmm. he's obviously so well designed and deserves to be so loved by each girl in the show totally totally and then you also have chizuru an extremely yes! charis- an extremely charismatic character with a strong par- personality who imposes yes! herself but who also knows how to be very seductive, sweet, gentle, and kind. Truth. At first she seems simple, but this is to hide that she is actually complex. That, Truth. That it has many layers. Truth. In addition, she is a character who can pass various types of emotion intensely. Yes. I heart Mizuhara. So I just want to note that the expert reviewer here has pleasure as their own category in determining their ranking for this uh, i mean pleasure like that's uh i think it speaks for itself Fayon. oh my god no (laughs) no it's not actually what you're thinking (laughs) i mean it's it's kind of worse because it's so ambiguous but (laughs) the novel excites the anime captivates and creates the expectation of knowing how it will proceed until the end and for those who have already gone ahead and read a good part of this manga like me like me the drama of the story is strong, addictive, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's why I totally am not 30 chapters behind right now. This is the final paragraph. I see that some people speak ill of this anime, oh, but no. speak with prejudice, pre-formulated concepts about the premise, <gasps> and especially about the protagonist's weaknesses. Oh, how dare they? How dare you ever say anything bad about the protagonist's weaknesses and presumptuous content of, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Fuck. I've watched the whole thing you have, and I still hated it. I mean, loved it. Fan, sounds like you're almost being a little sarcastic there. I hope you're not, you don't actually mean that. No, never. Oh, good. I was worried. What I can say is that these people give themselves a chance and watch more open-minded episodes have changed their minds. You get the general gist of what they were trying to say in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I wonder the whole, like, I didn't understand it, thus I'm going to ignore what you just said. Otherwise, they will be missing out on a great experience that anime is much more than that, and that without these things, there would be no problematization to create an extraordinary plot with a history that has a lot to pass of content and to thrill. 
Finn. Uh-huh. You mean fine. <laughs> <laughs> the score in which this anime deserves. The biggest takeaway here, the biggest counter argument being laid out here is that you really, anyone who critiques this protagonist's weaknesses should really have more of an open mind and really understand that Kazuya um, truly is a virtuous person in principle with uh, unmistakable successes that should win over any viewer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Whoever wrote that is probably of the same age and mindset of Kazuya. Perhaps, but an expert nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Well, our dear listeners, our question for you this week is, what type of competition would you like to see in anime form? And what type of superpowers would your characters have? You can tell us at anchor at listen.appliedanime.com or on our website at appliedanime.com in which you can join our Discord channel and tell us on our Discord channel instead if you'd like. Or even tell us on Twitter with a nice hashtag at twitter.appliedanime.com. So, Fayon, what are we discussing in our next episode? In our next episode, we're going to talk about J-pop and K-pop with a special guest. Two special guests. Two special guests. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Applied Anime. This has been Fayon And Dodo Ballet. Signing off. You suck. I know. ま、ま、ま、せいかくが、なおさらいとしくさせたお。わがままなせいかくが、なおさらいとしくさせたお。ま、ま、せいかくが、なおさらいとしくさせたお。ま、ま、せいかくが、なおさらいとしくさせたお